five hours at the beach. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Maybe Next Time. I'm your host, William Blue, with my co-host, Simon McCormack. Yeah, Nets Nation, it's a hoedown in your town. <laughs> Hello, folks. We are back as we are each and every unrelenting week to talk all things Nets Nation. Simon, how are you this week? Good. Good, good, Very good. good. Um, all right, so we are in the depths of summer at this point. The number of things one can talk about has diminished to virtually nothing. <laughs> uh, and yet we persevere <laughs> in bringing you the content we know you like because there are a couple people out there who occasionally bother to listen. Yeah, what are the numbers looking like these days, Bill? Oh, great. We'll talk off mic okay. on that one. Okay. <laughs> no, they're fine. They're fine. Uh, there has been a legit spike since KD and Kyrie have arrived. I think the first emergency podcast might have um, uh, killed some of that initial enthusiasm with how down I was on the trade. <laughs> but <clears throat> there has been a spike for sure. Um, as Simon's intro might have suggested, we have a very, very, very special segment this week. It's called The Summer Hoedown. Um, personally, Simon, I, don't, I, I, I do want to get, I, I want your opinion on what you think a hoedown is, but by what you've asked us to do for it, I think perhaps a better <laughs> description of this summer event would be a picnic. Or a potluck. Or a potluck, yes. yes. A picnic potluck. Yeah! Um, but we're getting to a hoedown later in the show, I'd say, if you, if you don't want to, if you want to skip straight to the fun segment, go ahead, maybe... Eleven and a half minutes, okay? I love them. And you will if nail you, it on the head. If you go to a you know, a, a ringer podcast, they've got all the, the well, benchmarks set up right, for right, you. Right. Where, where we Special talk about different guest things, comes but. in, the K D talk starts at minute eight. <laughs> but if you're looking for a totally uh, you know, I guess somewhat educated guess. Sure. When you should skip We to don't it. have much of an agenda to get to before that, so mm-hmm. skip forward eleven minutes and 17 seconds from now yeah and you will hit it uh before we get into the meaty nets news of the last couple weeks i wanted to play two drops that i made okay will you indulge me i think i have to (laughs) first one deandre jordan coming in off the bench uh because it's like a creaky old door. Oh, because he's old? Because he's really old. Okay. Yeah. DeAndre Jordan coming in off the bench. Okay, so that, Simon, is the good one. Uh-huh. <laughs> Here comes the much worse one. Wilson, where are you? Wilson! I just have to know, okay? Is it my hair? Yes, Chandler, that's exactly what it is. It's your hair. Yeah, you have homosexual hair. Okay, so that, do you know who that's for? No. Wilson Chandler. So the first is Tom Hanks screaming for the 
the volleyball that he like draws a face on. Oh yeah, Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. So he's screaming. He loses it in the sea. Oh, and then and they he's screaming Wilson, Chandler. Wilson. Well, yes. And then it's a scene from a show that you like, I think, or mm. liked, or I've at least have intense respect for. I was um, dating in, someone <laughs> who very much liked. It. Uh, saying something about Chandler. Pretty offensive line about... Uh, yeah, could have picked, picked a different one. Definitely <laughs> dated. <laughs> and... Uh, right. those my two, it's it's two good to see you getting back on the, uh, on the drop train. I will say that might be the longest of our of our draw. The Wilson? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was about 18 seconds longer because I did the entire Wilson scene. And there's a lengthy gap where he's just <laughs> swimming and breathing heavily. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, you know what, I'm going to cut that one out. Okay. Um, Good to know it could have been longer. Simon, let's get into it. Uh-huh. Okay? We don't have many points before the hoedown, but we do have some. Yeah. Prokhorov interview. Did you read it? I don't really remember it. So they were they Nets Daily solicited reader questions. Oh yes, yeah. To ask Prokhorov anything you wanted. It was an incredibly boring article uh, interview, as you might imagine. Very boilerplate questions and um, similarly. Uh, asinine responses. He was, pl- he was playing t-ball out there. Those, yes. those were softballs. Yeah, they did not hit him with any hard-hitting questions. Um, but one question was about how tech can be leveraged to make players better. Mm. To which you would expect a billionaire in 2019 to be like, well, technology has every answer imaginable. And, you know, like yeah. the only thing we look to is tech. And tech, if I'm not your overlord, tech is, etc. He said, considering that I still don't use a computer or a smartphone, you've (laughs) definitely picked the right person to answer this one. He said he's a charmer, you know. What a nutty guy! Yeah, he's, he's no. He doesn't have a he doesn't have a smartphone. Right. He understands primitive accumulation. <laughs> right. Very simple. <laughs> Take massive nationalized <laughs> assets, distribute them to a very small number of oligarchs, mm-hmm. including a tech illiterate. <laughs> Very tall, very strong, very scary man who is yeah. now the owner, and that's what. You get. And liquidate the shit out of those assets <laughs> when you cross the right. man who's ultimately in charge of whether you can accumulate the yeah those assets. Um, ESPN power rankings are out, and the Nets, after making a blockbuster offseason, couple of moves, are at twelfth. Yeah, uh, fifth in the East. Where, Simon, in the East, do you see us? Give us your ceiling and your floor. Ceiling, floor. Thank you, Bill. Um, I appreciate the cue. Uh, So, my um, ceiling, it's sort of a confusing way to... So, ceiling being like the best we could do. This season. This season. To me is... Championship. I'm going to say... I'm going to say... I could see us theoretically in the wildest world being second. Second regular season? In, in the Eastern Conference, yes. Like a second seed in the, in the regular season. Um, I think that is conceivable. I, I think our floor is we could miss the playoffs, right? Kyrie Irving could either get hurt or destroy any team chemistry, and without 
at least some chemistry. I don't think we need to be the big, happy, um, you know, bunch of best buddies that we were last year. But we need some... We don't have the talent uh, on there to, to not... To, to be able to survive without some chemistry. So he could destroy that. There could be any... You know, Karis LeVert could get hurt, you know. Yeah, I mean, the, this, the, the floor is certainly easy to... Yeah, Kyrie goes down, Karis goes down... Uh, DeAndre Jordan is, as advertised, washed. Um, and this team doesn't make the playoffs. So that's yeah. easy to imagine. But I, yeah, so I, I, but I do think that we could... I don't think we're better than the Bucks for sure. I do think there's a scenario in which so many big bodies and the usual ego issues uh, between um, Philly's uh, young, young stars gets in the way and we, we could sneak in there. Um, and the Celtics aren't as good as that. You know, a lot of things have to run our way. But I, right. I could think so. Ceiling would involve just the the exact opposite of the floor. Kyrie would have to have near MVP level season, which I think he's capable of potentially. Uh, Karras would have to make the leap and remain uninjured. Jared Allen would have to be take a pretty big step forward. Um, DeAndre Jordan would have to be better than he has been the last three seasons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, things would have to fall in place. But I think it's conceivable. There is a world. And I think, you know, then you you say, all right, and then maybe March we start easing Kevin Durant back into the rotation because they're doing so good. <coughs> and then you could even talk yourself into a potential finals run, I think. Yeah. Sure. What the hey? It's off season, baby. <laughs> yeah, right. We have literally nothing else to talk about, so why might as well talk ourselves into that? What, what's your uh, ceiling for? Um, I mean, it'd be similar. I could. I. 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 It's so much is is dependent. I think more than the chemistry because I don't think the chemistry is going to be. I think it's too too much to expect the chemistry to be totally ruined in a single year. Yes. Um, uh, <laughs> no, it took two. No. It took two. <laughs> Oh, but he wasn't in the first. I well, mean, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. he right. it was great the first year. He was injured the whole time. <laughs> right. Well, that's right. He did spectacularly well. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I I, I think yeah. injuries could would be our road to perdition. Okay. But uh, I mean, I don't. I I I really don't see a finals run in us. But there are scenarios in which Kyrie and Levert could be the best um, backcourt in. Beast. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, yeah, like you said, definitely not guaranteed. But um, one, one, just really quick thing, I want to throw at you, Bill. Did you see? And I'm sorry to hit you with this late breaking news, but it's not like a trick question or anything. Um, Kevin Pelton ranked the Nets as having the best off season in the East. I did. Gave us an A minus. Oh, you I did, did okay, see that? Great. Yeah. And I'm not blindsided. <laughs> uh, what? What? What do you think about that? Well, it's sort of related to this. That's why I'm sneaking it in here. Um, I think we certainly had, I mean, no Eastern Conference team <laughs> had anything comparable in terms of star movement to their team. Uh-huh. So the Bucks kind of kept their heads above water. The Heat got Jimmy Butler, but obviously Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are better than that. Um, Philly picked up Josh Richardson and Al Horford, but they also lost Redick and... Um, Butler. Butler. So I think, you know, yeah, I think that almost incontestably we had a bigger offseason than anyone else. I know he said better. Um, I think the better is obviously TBD. Uh, but I think that unquestionably we, we 
changed our team with star talent in a way that no other team in the East did. I think that's a fair claim. Yeah. Uh, One other thing for the ceiling, and I was going to save this for a few minutes from now, but I'm going to bring it up. Do you think the Nets have another move in them during the season? So if if we come out pretty well, you know, and we're, say, top four in the East... Do you see the potential for them to try to make a big, splashy move mid-season to bring in another star? Because we're, as, as we're about to talk about, we're getting older, right? We're getting older and in, in, in a more win-mode state of mind. And we still have a few lingering young assets. Oh, yeah. Um, could you see, like, personally, right now, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just say what I think... I could foresee happening. Uh I could see DeAndre Jordan being a serviceable enough center for them for right now, and I could see them thinking Nick Claxton has all the potential upside that Jared Allen does, and he's obviously younger and potentially even has more upside because of his ball handling and things like that. I could see them mid-season making a move where they move off of a guy like Jared Allen and potentially um, a Spencer Dinwiddie to try to pick up a big third star. Can I give you an even wilder thing that actually I heard on, I think, some Ringer thing as just a purely speculative, not based on mm-hmm. any intel, but but saying the Nets can make a run for Brad Beal. That's, that would be the biggest one. Giving up, I think they'd have to give up, honestly, I think they'd have to give up Levert, Harris, Dinwiddie, and Jared. Probably. And maybe and some picks. Probably <laughs> picks in perpetuity. Yeah. Yeah. But and that honestly I I could see that. I think that's conceivable. I think that's a pretty good package. Uh, that said, I know the Wizards at least publicly have said they want to keep him. Mm-hmm. But um but that's interesting to me. It's also really scary to me, and I also feel like Bill, you're gonna love this analogy. I feel like in today's NBA, where uh, players' bodies are uh, made of glass uh, and they're already overworked by the time they get into college, um, depth is way more valuable than in, in years past. And I understand that in the playoffs, it's all about stars, and in the playoffs, you play maybe like seven people. Right. But you have to get to the playoffs, and even when, even those teams in the playoffs, you saw like the difference between a Philly bench and, and any other team besides Philly. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you you saw like it is nice to have uh, depth the way say like a, a Milwaukee head or whatever, or the Raptors, or the Raptors. Yes, yeah. that's a much better example. Yeah. So so um, so anyway, so I I would actually rather have all those players than even if we could get Brad Beal, I'd rather have those players. Yeah, I mean, it certainly would would be contingent on what we actually have to give up. I don't think I'd be willing to part with like four solid young guys that we have and future assets for Bradley Beal. Mm-hmm. I think that the Bradley Beal sweepstakes is somewhat overblown because he is one of the only stars that is perceived to be available right now. Um, and so if following in the Paul George and Anthony Davis vein... It, people are speculating on massive, massive overpays. Um, I hope we don't keep overpaying uh, for these things. Do you? Do, is Brad Beal good at defense? Um, he's not. As far as I know, he's not like an elite defender. Got it. But he is certainly 
um, an elite offensive player. Mm-hmm. He's he, he's incredible. He really is incredible. Uh, he torched us, you know, anytime anytime he comes to town. Um, which brings us to I think this is a good time to transition to the Zach Cram Ringer article. Uh, that we talked about on email. Oh, great. Because I, I said, oh, eventually, right, right. Yeah, yeah. let's stop <laughs> um, emailing each other about this and just talk about it here. Sorry, we live this Nets podcast, uh, <laughs> people. <laughs> right. Um, so, Zach Cram wrote an article called The Young Core Rankings, ranking all 30 teams' young cores. Uh up front, it's based entirely off 538's Carmelo player projections. Um, anyone who is living in a country where Donald Trump is president and 538 projected with 100% certainty that he would not be president might be skeptical of their ability to then assess um, young basketball players who have not played in the NBA very long. Yes. Uh but anyway, it's based on that, and what it does is it uh, looks at each team's players who are going to be under the age of 25 this season, and adds up their what's it's called WAR ranking, W-A-R. I'm not sure what it stands for. Uh, something above replacement, um, and based on basically their experience in the NBA, which makes it extremely difficult to rate people like Zion Williamson, who have not had any experience um, in the NBA. Anyway, the point is, it ranked all these teams young cores, based on this metric, and a team that I think would have scored quite high this season had we, say, not made the moves that we had, um, basically not getting rid of D'Angelo, we ranked 22nd. Mm Uh, this is in contrast to the Warriors, who everyone thinks is a dynasty, an aging team, a team fighting to remain relevant, who actually ranked 10th um, in the list, largely because they had D'Lo, who, had he been on our team, would have represented over two-thirds of our war ranking. Mm. Um, he was ranked ahead of players like Kristaps Porzingis and Zion Williamson. So we got really old really fast. Uh, and now have to contend. What do you think about the article, the premise, the uh, state of going from a young, up-and-coming, developing team to an older team with super high expectations? Well, or do you agree with what he's saying at all? So, <clears throat> so first, I, I don't really think of us as a particularly old team. I, I don't know what our rank is on, on, on the list, but we still have plenty of people in their mid to early, yeah, like mid-20s, and and some in the early 20s. So you still have Jared Allen, who's 22, I believe. You have uh, Karis LeVert, who's 24. He'll be 25 next month. Uh, You have Joe Harris, who's like 27. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie, 27. Um, uh, Kyrie, 27. Torian Prince Prince is 24. Uh, Kurutz, 20. You know, Musha, uh, M- Musha who's, uh, or he, I think Kurutz is 21. Uh, Musha's like 20. Yeah, Claxton we got. We also have Hands, who we'll see if he ever plays in the NBA, but we did get him. So we have a lot of young players uh, to, to you know, starting to be in their prime players. It's not very highly touted by 538's Carmelo machine. Yeah, who, right, who... 
I mean, and as we talked about in our email, a big part of that is that uh, Karis misses out on the, uh, you have to be, uh, what is it, under 25 by some period in next year. Yeah. Um, so so guys he, like Giannis aren't included, who's younger than Karis LeVert. Mm. Uh, four months younger than Karis LeVert. But yes. So yeah. So Karis is aged out. So it's just, so it's basically the only players that have had any real NBA Experience on our team that match that description are, and I bet Torian Prince also ages out because I think he would have been included on there. Uh-huh. So is just Jared Allen and Kurutz. Kurutz. So yeah, if that's our young core, um, n- not amazing. But I also think that the way that they've con- they've constructed this sort of gives us a a, a misleading um, look. That we're we're unfairly low. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we started talking a lot about Karis LeVert mm-hmm. as a result of this. Mm-hmm. So Karis LeVert did not make the cut in this because he is no longer a young man. I say this as someone a decade older than him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, actually, he, he's, he's born in August, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we're literally yes, a decade apart. We're both Leos. We're both right? Leos. Yeah. Uh, hear us roar. Um, so he is moving out of this category, but it was just interesting to go through the list of people who are still in this younger category who are better than him. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are some people who are in the NBA who have been playing who are demonstrably, like, for sure going to be good. Because we're still very much, and I think this all gets back to the giant question mark, which is Karis LeVert. Mm-hmm. Like, we all, everyone who is a fan of the Nets believes in, well, I mean, not in their heart of hearts, but prays, perhaps, hopes upon hope that Karis LeVert breaks out and becomes the star that we have been told for four seasons now that he is going to become. And we saw, for the for very first time last season, glimpses of what that might look like. We saw it in the playoffs, and we saw it at the beginning of the season. But we definitely haven't seen it for a full season or even the majority of a season. Whereas guys like Jokic, Doncic, Porzingis, Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox, Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum, and Jamal Murray have all proven for sure that they're young and are going to be good for a long time in the NBA. Then there are other guys like Aaron Gordon, D'Lo, Miles Turner, Jalen Brown, who are also quite good. Um... What do you think is going like like at what point does Karis pass the all right he's super promising he's going to be great narrative like what time, at what point do we have to abandon that and be like well I hope he can just play and play at x level like really good starter or pretty good starter or role player or something like at what point does he get to the point in his career where we can can no longer project into the future for him being great so i think it, that all depends on health because um what we saw last year as you alluded to was when he's fully healthy he is incredible and he was uh as i said in the email he was incredible in the most meaningful games he's ever played in his life on the biggest stage he's ever been on in the playoffs. Um, five games is a small sample size, to be sure, but 
the guy was electric. He was by far our best player in the in the uh, in the playoffs. You saw people like Joe Harris completely shit themselves. Joe you Harris saw, was miserable. You saw, yeah, D'Lo uh, was quite bad. Uh, Jared got pushed around, although that happens in the regular season too. Um, meanwhile, Karras was averaging 21 points, three assists, uh, nearly five rebounds on almost six free throw attempts per game. He's, his effective field goal percentage was f- .575. He's 49% from three. .575, that's very good. He was, I mean, he was lights out. And I sent you that highlight package that I had just happened to have watched <laughs> before uh, you, you sent this article. So I am... I am in like full Karis Levert, maybe maybe delusional, but I like I I would any of those guys that you mentioned, if yeah. we lost Karis Levert for any of those guys, I would feel bad and I understand that For any of those guys? I would feel I'm not saying that those players none of those players are are better than Karis, but no matter who you traded for him, I would still have some consternation. So if they were like, you want Carl Anthony Towns, we want Karis, you'd be upset. Yeah. You're out I, of your mind. <laughs> because Carl Jokic, Anthony... Well, Jokic, Jokic, is, Jokic a is the one. MVP Jokic, is, Jokic is the one I would say. But Carl Donovan Anthony Donovan Mitchell, no. De'Aaron Fox... The, ben Simmons, these guys are like legitimately. Ben Simmons incredible. was a wilting lily in that. Ben Simmons was. I, Karis He's in a bad was situation. Karis <laughs> Levert was much better in the, in the, our playoff series than Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons had a bunch of uh, crap games, and and in the second uh, round as well, he has not proven at all that he is good in the playoffs. Um, and whereas Karis Levert was good at least for five games, he's better than Ben Simmons was. Um, so no, absolutely not. And, and Jokic, Jokic, I definitely would. Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns you has got to be, be on serious. a winning team. You he cannot. has got to be on a winning team, like Karis LeVert has been. And I make mean, an a barely winning team, a forty-two and forty team. Carl Anthony Towns was in the playoffs too. I guarantee you, his playoffs numbers were ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know, but but uh, yeah, I would. I Carl mean, Anthony Towns is objectively. Ten times better than Karis Levert's absolute ceiling. I think, though, that him, that, but Karis at the wing is a far more important player than than uh, Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns can shoot the three. He's the perfect offensive modern big, and he the biggest upside for him when he was in college was that he was really good at defense too, which has not manifested in the NBA, but he has been in a pretty shitty. Weird situation. Yeah. In Minnesota. I, again, I'm not saying that Carl Anthony Towns for sure is worse is than, worse Karis, than Levert. Karis Levert, but I'm just saying if if that trade happened, I would feel some some angst. There's not one person on that list I would not rather have than Karis Levert. Wow. Okay. Uh, there's not a person even on the likely to be better list that I wouldn't rather have than Karis Levert, and I, which I didn't mention. But it's guys like Z- Zion. Would you rather have Zion than Karis? Yes. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr.? No. Oh, my God. Uh, John Morant? I would rather have Karis than John Morant. Uh, DeAndre Ayton? That is a coin toss. Lonzo or Ingram? I think I would rather have Ingram than Karis LeVert because they're very similar guys where you're just sort of waiting for them to break out, whereas Ingram has a much higher potential upside. Ingram's numbers are not nearly what, what Karis is. I know he's younger, but... But no, I, I would definitely not. I would not. Again, I think it is massively important when you saw a player like D'Angelo, when you saw Joe Harris, you see all these players uh, shit the bed in the playoffs. You kind of, I think you do sort of, you can see players 
what they actually are in the playoffs. And I think Karras showed that when he's healthy, he is quite good. And I think that yeah. means a ton. I mean, at a certain point, though, if we're in this in this hypothetical trade, um, an important factor would be when you see. Yeah, right? yeah, no, so, of course. But I'm, I'm, but it's yeah. Carl Anthony Towns, I don't think has ever missed a game. Hmm. But again, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just would need to see those players win, and I need to see those players in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so uh, expectations for you are quite high for Karis. I mean, I mean, just... I, last episode I was saying I think he's going to have a breakout year. Right. Do you think that playing next to Kyrie is going to impact the potential for him to have a breakout year? It could, but if you look at usage numbers... Uh, D'Angelo was a much higher usage player than uh, than Kyrie. Both very high, to be sure. It's not like Kyrie, uh, you know, stands in the corner. But um, but he, D- uh, sorry, Karras thrived uh, playing next to somebody who had the ball in his hands a lot more. So maybe it'll impact him, but I I don't think so. I, again, it's all about health. If Karras is healthy, I think he's incredible. Great. I hope he has a breakout year. It could be. It would be a wonderful thing to wear he too. Um, Simon, I know you are all hot and bothered about the fact that our two new superstars who chose to come to Brooklyn of their own free will yeah. elected or thus far have elected to, in a precedent-shattering move, <laughs> <laughs> not have... A press conference. What is going on? Why? When is the press conference happening? Why has it not yet happened? Will it happen? And what do you see as the potential implications of this? So, I thank you for putting this on the agenda. I, I just think it's so funny. I, I think it just truly spells who the Nets are. Like you might think, like I mean, there's tons of coverage. Mm-hmm. On this, like, Nets have arrived. Maybe they're going to steal New York from the Knicks. They're this, you know, elite franchise. Um, uh, those sorts of pronouncements. And then you get to the, the part where uh, the Nets can't seem to wrangle these two players to even come to Brooklyn yet. Um, it sort of tells you that the Nets are still very much the ugly duckling. I think it's very clear to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving that they have blessed this franchise with their presence. I think that the Nets PR department is probably doing a great deal of hand-wringing right now <laughs> about like how they can possibly... As I, as I said, um, you saw this, and I think many Nets fans did. There was a Yes Network postseason um, special all about Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and what that'll mean for the franchise, and they were speculating about why they chose to come to the Nets, but there was nothing from either of those two players. You know who you could get some information on why they came to Brooklyn? Those two players who are technically Nets. They were in no... They were not interviewed at all for that <laughs> segment. It was the most awkward schedule, uh, special I've ever seen. Right. I, I do think that, that at least in Kevin... Uh, um, Durant's list of likely to achieve incentives. One of them could have been pretend like you give a fuck about being on this team and go to the press conference. Yeah. What What are your your takes on all? This? I mean, I do think it's odd. I do think it is. You know, I, I mean, for us, it doesn't really 
mean that much because we're not part of the press corps and we're not like, you know, we're not so I mean what I've heard from people who are is that they seem to be pretty perplexed at what's happening and that that's worrisome because we don't I mean we already know we have two of the most mercurial <laughs> uh, um, stars in the league right mm-hmm. but you would just like just some some nod to like alright well you know I'm on the team I have to do these things I will <laughs> adhere to the basic you know traditions of this right. thing um, that they're not and that they're going to somehow lump it into the requisite press day maybe that's just what people are. They're just like, well, I guess we'll get it then, maybe. <laughs> but we don't know that they're no. going to even do it then. We don't know if they're going to be no. there. We'll, if they go to training camp, right? Like I know people. <laughs> I, like I know they're saying uh, Kenny Atkinson has been has said, and I'm sure others have said. Uh, we we want to think of Kevin Durant like as an assistant coach this year, and we want him out there. How you know, blah 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 blah. It's like. I think it's very much TBD whether I've said that a few times already. Uh, TBD whether he is even going to come to uh, games, like whether he bothers to show up, um, and that is a little bit disconcerting. Now this could all be overblown, and it could you know he could really buy in, and this is just like a silly formality that the press is getting upset about not having happened as it normally does uh, that's entirely conceivable to me i don't know who i don't i didn't know it was unprecedented until they started complaining that it was unprecedented yeah um, but it's certainly not like uh, uh yeah positive inauspicious it's an inauspicious I, it's sign, also like yeah. just to be clear like uh, other mercurial, quite large stars like a Kawhi Leonard and a Paul George have had press conferences. Right. Anthony Davis had a press conference. These things just happen. They just do. No, right, 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 right. Yeah, no, it's pretty out there. Um, we are about to get to the summer hoedown. Before, before we do that, let's talk summer league. Yes. I saw approximately a quarter and a half of summer league action, so I cannot say that I scouted a lot of these guys. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I looked, of course, at the box scores and read the recaps. Uh, my one single summer league takeaway... Uh, before I turn it over to you, Simon, is how fucking stupid is it that they played Jared Allen? Yeah, um, I got a bruise. Yes. It's, it, okay. Intuition. So a few things of why I think it's so stupid, yeah. why it's so bad. First of all, if a guy is an NBA starter, he doesn't go to summer league. That just is, like, and no other franchise organization does that happen. Mm-hmm. Like, they barely, like, Zion Williamson bumped his knee and he didn't play another minute of this thing. Like, they don't need to see him. Lonzo Ball didn't have to go, you know, these guys don't have to go to this, even if you're not a proven NBA player. He is a proven NBA player. He shouldn't have been at it. But what that does when you're forced to do it in after three years in the league, is it forces you to feel like if you don't dominate, then you're worthless. And if you feel like you have to dominate, then you're going to go as hard as you possibly can, which infinitely increases the risk of injury. Mm-hmm. So we basically just created this really, really uh, uh, toxic situation in which 
one of our the key pieces of this team could have been badly injured in games that mean absolutely nothing that no other team takes seriously that no one else uses as a development tool like it is not a development tool for NBA players it, it, it like sometimes good first year guys go pretty much no good second year guys go never do the third year guys go especially guys who are the starting center on a team yeah, I, I think the only... Did you read any coverage of, of, of Jarrett's exp- explanation? No. For, so it was basically like they wanted him... The, the, the Nets organization wanted him to kind of be like a leader out there and sort of be like the, the, the old head um, and, and, you know, communicate to them about like various defenses that they're facing and, and, and basically be like the... Uh, I don't know, the Jared Dudley of, of right. Summer League. I mean, the the pressure, the chance of humiliation is super mm-hmm. high if you're not dominant. And he had, like, one bad game and everyone was shitting on him endlessly on Twitter. Uh, the chance of injury is so high that I cannot believe that you're willing to take that risk on a guy that is so central to this thing. Like, these games are totally insignificant. I know he probably needs to grow up as a leader, but it's just not the right setting to do it. Mm-hmm. Do something in practice. Do something in training camp. Give him roles and responsibilities outside of this thing that is super high stakes because people on Twitter can see it. Like, we are allowed to watch it. And he is on a very public stage that could embarrass him very badly. And we would all go into the season, like, if he'd, if he'd shit the bed more than that one game, he would be like, oh my god, I think Jared, Jared, Jared shouldn't be a starter. Like, even that one game when he was didn't do well. People were like, I, don't, I can't believe this guy's even being considered to start over DeAndre Jordan. It became this huge narrative. I imagine that, that the pressure for that is just totally needless. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, uh, thankfully he, he was quite dominant uh, yes. in the other games. I mean, he uh, should be. Right. It, yeah, it's a, it's a no-win situation. If you do really well, you're supposed to. If you don't, then it's terrible. Right. Um, so my only two takeaways were, one, I still think Musa stinks. Uh, I know there was... Some, Had a couple good games, there, but yeah, it was... Uh, it, which generated just like... You can tell there's like a real Musa nervousness because th- those those one to two decent games fueled like about six things about, oh, Musa's, you know, he's ready to, to be a part of the rotation and he's really, you know, really took his time in the Long Island Nets, uh, you know, in stride and he's a much better person. And then it was like the next game he was like three for 20. Like he's yeah. just... Ugh, he stinks. So, uh, right now. We'll so, see. Uh, and the other thing I was going to say is I liked, uh, again, you don't want to take too much from, from the Summer League, but uh, uh, but Kuruks was shooting those three balls and I think doing pretty well on, on the old three. Yeah, Nick Claxton got a little bit of run. Again, far less than he should have had Jared Allen not been playing. Like, really, we should have seen a lot of Claxton in this situation. We didn't because again Jared was there. But I, I saw some Claxton and liked it. I'm very. I think Claxton could be great. Yeah, I I definitely don't think this year because uh, he weighs 215 pounds. But yeah. But I do think yeah. I think he is a, a tantalizing prospect, Bill. Simon, are you ready to go with me to a little summer hoedown? Yeah. Hoedown, boy. Oh. All right, Simon. We're at a hoedown of your. Devising. Mm-hmm. Tell the people listening what this hoedown entails. What are we doing at this summer hoedown? Okay, now everyone who's anyone knows summertime is hoedown time. <laughs> uh, and so for this, we are going to be talking about um, 
dishes that uh, Nets players are bringing to this hoedown, or and or I have one I got to tell you that is not food related, but an activity that they are leading Ooh, uh, as okay. part as part of the hoedown. A hoedown activity. Yeah. All right. So what we did is each of us picked five nets. Mm-hmm. Uh, Simon got first pick, um, at, well, got to pick his five mm. in, in full. And I picked from the refuse that was oh, left after on. that. Uh, and so Simon's five are Kevin Durant, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jean and Musha, DeAndre Jordan, and Jared Allen. Yes. Uh, I will be hitting up Kyrie, Theo Pinson, Nick Claxton. Henry Ellenson, two-way superstar, and Joe Harris. Mm, yes! Simon, hit us with Kevin Durant. Okay. Kevin Durant, thank you, Bill, for, for agreeing to do this, first of all. Uh, Kevin Durant has got legs on the mind, so he is going to be working the smoker all hoedown long, handing out turkey legs. Turkey legs. Which, turkey Achilles. Which I think will will engender in, in his fellow Nets fans, you know, as we've talked about, you and I, off mic many times, the turkey leg is the ultimate Overpromise. The oh, ultimate, yeah. like, looks amazing, smells amazing, but it, you take about, once you're fifth bite into that turkey leg, it you is You got yuck. a whole, whole lot yeah. of turkey leg so left. I, I, imagining a lot of the Nets fans knowing that Kevin is very sensitive, being like, mmm, right. great turkey right. leg. Good <laughs> job out there. You really, your rehab's going great. You're still the best player in the NBA. Love this turkey leg. And then, you know, figuring out some way to dispose of it. All right. I'll start with the other superstar we picked up this season, Kyrie Irving. Ooh, yes. Can't wait for this. Kyrie is bringing a steak tartare. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, wow. how elegant, how refined, Kyrie. <laughs> so he's bringing this fancy thing, right? So you are either going to have the, one of the greatest, most decadent meals of your life in steak tartare. <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually had... I've oh, had, really? I've had beet, beet tartare, mm-hmm. but I've never had steak tartare. Mm. Though it is, you know, it's very fancy and whatnot. So we're either going to have the greatest, most decadent meal of our lives or we're going to get violently ill on the toxic <laughs> poison that lies within not well-cared-for ste- raw steak. Mm. Mm-hmm. How do you do? Mm-hmm. You, you feel that's an accurate summation? Absolutely, it could be the best. It could be the worst. Yes, yeah. there's there are two ways it could go. It's also like I think that's perfect, Bill. Also, your, your pick. I can't. I cannot praise it highly enough because <laughs> even at its best, as someone who has had steak tartare, Bill, right. um, you'd still rather have a steak. Honestly. Sure. So yeah. even at its absolute best, like Kyrie is still not like the best player. Right. 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 Okay, uh, hit us with what Spencer Dinwiddie is going to bring. I think you're going to like this, Bill. I'm playing to you on this (laughs) one. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie is bringing chips and mango salsa. And mango salsa. (laughs) I hate mango salsa. I don't know about you, but I find it It's ridiculous to introduce a sweet fruit into something savory, spicy. Get get the mango out of there. Exactly. It's terrible. It's irritating. It rubs you the wrong way. It's also like I can see Spencer being like, oh, everyone's going to bring regular salsa. I have this unique viewpoint that is, you know, mango salsa is the new salsa du jour. Um, I do have one mango exception for Mm. savory food. Okay. 
The uh, fried rice mm. we've been getting from Inaka yes. has had mango in it, which if I knew that the first time, I don't think I would have ever ordered it. But I grudgingly submit to the fact that it is quite good in that fried yeah, rice. Yeah, that fried rice is some of the best fried rice I've ever had. Yeah, same. Uh, all right, my next guy is Theo Pinson. Mm. Theo Pinson. Uh, um, we signed him to a two-year, right? Yeah, two-year we player option second. Player option? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Team option. Okay. Team option second. Um, so Theo Pinson's probably greatest claim to fame is that he was the leader of the bench dance party. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a party animal. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, a hoedown is a perfect situation for a party animal. Oh, yeah. Uh, Theo Pinson is going to bring some jello shots. <laughs> To get things started and keep them going. Mm. That sounds uh, great. Yeah. No flavor in mind. No flavor in mind. Okay. Now, I do. What, what do you think Theo's flavor oh, of jello I, shot? I would just pick my favorite, which is what? lime. <laughs> Love lime. Uh, all right. You're up on Jeanin Musha. Okay. Musha is bringing in uh, a classic Bosnian dish that I had to look up. Uh, kevapi, which uh, is kebabs, uh, lamb and beef, uh, served in somen, which is Bosnian pita bread. Mmm. <laughs> so, okay, alright. Sounds good. Like, sounds legitimately pretty good. I'm sure it is delicious. I've never, I don't think I've ever had Bosnian no, food. Uh-huh. Um, but. I have a question, follow-up for you. Okay. If you, if you knew that you were just going to have to look up Bosnian cuisine for John and Musa, why did you hand-select him as one of the five that I you wanted to do? Because I thought that would be fun. Mm, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Raw onions in there as well. Uh, all right. My third guy is Nick Claxton. Oh, very nice. Simon, do you know where Nick Claxton went to high school? No. South Carolina. Okay. Interestingly enough. That is interesting. <laughs> We've been there. Yes. Uh, and I think I recall it being the Pimento State. Yeah, that's completely right. So Nick Claxton's going to bring some pimento cheese. Okay. <laughs> okay. This is getting pretty lame. All right, Simon, you are up for DeAndre Jordan. Oh, this yeah. I'm curious you're, about. You're going to like this one, Bill. Should uh, I do the DeAndre Jordan drop, or are we sure, good on that? Sure, let's do it. Okay. Hold on. This is obviously <laughs> queued up perfectly. We'll cut out the dead air here. DeAndre <laughs> Jordan coming in off the bench. <laughs> That's one of your better ones, um, I think. Uh, uh, one of our better ones. So, uh, DeAndre is from Texas, home of the hoedown, I assume. Right, naturally. Uh, and so he is, and he's also a very flashy dresser. Okay, now neither of those two things are particularly relevant to what I'm about to say, which is that... A Bosnia stew! It will- <laughs> I found two things for Musha, and I had it to include a both. lamb-based <laughs> stew with a pita. Um, no, uh, he he will be leading the team yeah. in a square dance. 
So he'll be the one who, Probably you know, is like saying, damn your partner, round and round, and shake that whatever, and, right. you know, the, I've grab that your partner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so he's going to be doing that with his cowboy boots and getting everyone involved. He's, he's a big hoedown guy. Uh, excellent. Uh, <laughs> so he's the event provider. Mm-hmm. Or experience provider. Yes, yes. All right, that guy's got to stop eating that bone. Uh, my next one is Henry Ellenson. Uh, <laughs> Great. Yeah, stretch four du jour. Uh, Henry Ellenson, he's from Wisconsin, so I'm going to go with the classic Wisconsin light afternoon snack. Mm. It's a deep fat fried bacon wrapped double stuffed Oreo that's inside of a oh. giant cheese curd. Oh, is that a real thing? No, or you just, oh, it's that's, just a combination. Yeah, that's of just. What I imagine, yes, at about 3 p.m. in any Wisconsin household, they're serving up. Especially if you're 6 foot 11, yes. (laughs) A a vodka soda that's filled with brandy and nothing else. (laughs) They drink a lot of brandy in Wisconsin for Nets Nation listeners who are unaware of that fact. (laughs) That's great. Uh, Uh, Your final guy, Simon, Jared Allen. Jared Allen. And do not... As I, I said, I, I do not told. say mac and cheese. Uh, so, Jared Allen, also from Texas, uh, he knows that a Texas classic in that lone star state is BBQ. And he's <laughs> going with lean, just like him, brisket. Mmm, I love that brisket taste. Lean. <laughs> Lean or brisket. Uh, so lean because he's lean. Because or? he's lean. But and, I thought he's trying it, to bulk and, up. Yeah, but the team, the team, he's he's personifying his food in this, in this particular okay. okay. And it's also a classic Texas treat. And and Bill, you know that's going to be a dry rub brisket, which I find not as good as the wet. But I believe a, Texas barbecue is dry rub. Oh, really? I thought that was Kansas City. No, Kansas City is your is your classic like KC masterpiece, like tomato based sweet. Oh, Memphis barbecue. is is mustard. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? I think North Carolina is mustard, at least. Yeah, but maybe all Memphis right. is maybe too. Maybe Memphis South is dry Carolina rub. is vinegar. Oh, yeah, yeah. We got a lot of that. Uh, Nick Claxton could tell you all about it. Mm. Um, and God, a very religious young man. Everyone is religious. Yeah. I know, so I know. So religious. Um, all Which right, my final guy, yes. We're, we're not going to do that again. <laughs> uh, my final guy is Joe Harris. So, you know, he's a, a self-described foodie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's so, he is so Brooklyn, as my brother would yeah, say. Yeah, he's so Brooklyn. Um, so, on, a, on the Full 48 podcast, he mentioned that he likes to bake, uh, and he likes to bake cupcakes, I think. Or, oh, okay. He just likes to bake. Okay. But I'm going to say he's going to bring some cupcakes. That's really but nice. But just to show, like, you know, he's a baker, but he's a foodie as mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. So he's not going to just bring something that he baked, because he doesn't feel like... He, you know, he he likes to do it, but he he knows that he's not the greatest right. baker. Um, he's also gonna bring because he lives. Okay, he's gonna bring a charcuterie platter from Green Grape. Okay. Because one, he lives in Clinton Hill, and Green Grape is in Clinton oh, Hill. Oh, okay. Very fancy little place, and he's a foodie, so and it's just like the most snobby thing you could possibly bring. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, pretty exciting, huh? Uh, Mouth is watering. (laughs) Whose dish are you most excited to try at this summer's not potluck, not picnic, (laughs) 
but hoedown. <laughs> Bill, what by the way do you think a hoedown happens at a hoedown? It's a party. It's right. a, it's a southwestern party that happens in the summer. Right. It's uh, you know sort of cowboy themed. Very think. very food themed. As well, well, yeah, you bring food to the hoedown. Do you think in you your bring? Town. Do you think you bring food to a hoedown? I think you can. Sure. I, yeah, I mean, I think maybe sometimes it's catered. Uh, all right, who's are you most excited to eat? And then we will mercifully <laughs> kill this episode. Uh, uh, bring it to its conclusion. Anyway. Kivappy! Kivappy. I am too. I've never... It's the one thing on this list, I mean, other than the disgusting thing Henry Allenson's bringing, I've, uh, I've not tried. Um, I had some Georgian food. Mm-hmm. We had some Georgian food. Didn't we? When? At Clayton's. Oh, yeah. Is yeah. that Georgian or Uzbek? Ooh, Uzbeki food. Uzbeki I, uh, pardon food. me, yeah, yeah. people from both Georgia, the country, yeah. and Uzbekistan. Yeah. Uh, we had some Uzbeki food that was very good. I'm not saying it's the same as Bosnian, um, but I bet there's some, you know, it. It. Uh, I bet it rhymes, you know? There are some similarities there. Yes. Um, all right, so we have some cast coming up in the not distant future. We're going to do a nicknames one. We're going to do a full drop one. We're going to do some interviews with various people related to the Nets. Okay. Right? We're going to do a full drop one? No, I mean it's just going to be part... We'll talk about other things I hope there's something to talk about, but we'll do one with some drops. Okay. Uh, we. This is our 98th episode. Yeah. Oh, we got to do a centennial, baby. We're going to do a centennial that will make this hoedown <laughs> seem like a kindergarten birthday party. That will be so fun, Bill. Centennial, yeah. I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, that's two episodes away. Yeah. So be thinking of themes. Uh, maybe people could suggest themes? Yes, please do. For our 100th, where might one do so? Do so by emailing <laughs> us at maybe next time at gmail.com or via Twitter direct message. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at maybe next time. How do you like the new Twitter interface? I don't like it. I don't either. I don't think it's an improvement at all. It's basically they've just reoriented the same shit, so it's slightly more difficult to figure out where stuff is. Yeah, it's bigger. I imagine it just works better on mobile, and mm. that's why they did it. Uh, it's horrible on a desktop, which is where I do most of my tweeting. Right. <laughs> yeah. My prolific... Me too. ...unloved tweeting. We are... <laughs> do you think we can get 100... Twitter Let's followers by the time we get a hundred um, podcasts up. I think that people should follow us on Twitter. But do you think we can do I, it? I, I, We're close. We, we are? have ninety three followers. Oh, that's amazing! We need Bill. seven we followers. Like if you are listening to this point in the podcast and somehow do not follow us on Twitter, please turn this off or keep it on. Whatever you want to do, get onto Twitter. Go to Maybe Next Time. Follow us. We need seven more. If somehow we had 100 followers before the 100th episode, I would buy our 100th follower anything, a meal. We would take them out for a meal at Ronnie Hollis's Jefferson on Long Island. <laughs> that is a Maybe Next Time guarantee. I feel like another guarantee is that that restaurant doesn't exist. So, uh, Simon... <clears throat> 
Uh, or another restaurant of their choosing. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be great. Maybe um, we'll go get Cavapi. Yeah, if you will, go get Cavapi. Or see, ask, uh, we can all tweet together at Jeanin and see what, what, he, what the best Bosnian in New York oh, is. Oh, that's a great idea. I bet he would do, I mean, I wouldn't bet he would, but right. it's he conceivable might he respond, might respond. Especially yeah. if there were three of us. You, yeah. me, and the hundred. <laughs> This and the hundreds so would live good. on forever. This you is know? so like, good. Yeah, uh, absolutely. All right, so let's <laughs> let's boost us up there, folks. Um, Simon, I think we're good to go. Yep. Rate review us on all of the various platforms uh, that you can get your your podcasts on. All right, folks. We will go ahead and uh, see ya next time. I was tired of my lady We'd been together too long Like a worn out recording Of a favorite song So while she lay there sleeping I read the paper in bed And in the personal columns There was this letter I read 